team this morning. Um, my favorite chapter in the Bible, I think. I was thinking about it. I don't know if I've ever preached out of it. Probably my favorite chapter. I, I reference it all the time. I don't know that I've ever preached out of it. We're going to look at verse 10 today. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10 is our text. On Mother's Day, I preached at the Father's. And uh, so I said, today, I, you know, I should return, or should reverse that. Since it's Father's Day, I should be preaching at the Mother's. And Steve Sharp told me that's a good way to get shot. So, <laughs> And uh, Elizabeth knows where the guns are, and they are loaded. So no, we're not doing that. Although this applies to, to dads and, and, uh, and to moms as well. Verse 10 of chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians says, By the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. I want to look at three things in this verse. This is the testimony of Paul, and what an amazing testimony he had. He gives us three things here that, that I want to bring out from this verse. First of all, he said, grace made me. Grace made me, but by the grace of God I am what I am. Then he says, grace constrains me. And he said, grace enables me. I, that's my three points this morning I, I want to look at briefly here. Praise the Lord for His grace. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, I, I uh, thank You, Lord, for Your love for us. Thank You for grace. Lord, we know that without You, we can do nothing. Lord, we also know that with You, there's nothing we cannot do. Lord, You're all-powerful, and, and You can supply all of our needs and give us victory in every aspect of our life. Lord, that's all due to grace, and we praise You for it. Give me wisdom and strength today as I preach. Give me the right words, Lord, that You be glorified, that Your Word would have entrance into each life here today, that every one of us would go away from here this morning changed because of Your Word. Thank You for Your love. In Christ's name we pray, Amen. So Paul, uh, I consider him uh, the greatest missionary that ever lived. I don't know of anyone else that has the testimony that Paul had. He said, I am free from the blood of all men. He preached to the entire known world at that time. He went everywhere he went, giving the gospel. He, uh, his testimony, was, he was persecuted throughout the time. And he said, I was determined to know one thing, and Jesus Christ was that. I'm going to preach the gospel no matter where I go. I love thinking about the, test or the story of Paul being stoned in one village. They took him outside of the village, they put him in a pit in the ground, and they stoned him until they thought he was dead. And they left him there. And the Christians came out and got him and took him back into the city. And they washed him up, and they nursed him that night. They, they took care of him. The next day, Paul got up and went to the next village to preach the gospel. This is the zeal of Paul. This was a man who preached everywhere he went. And because of him, not because of who he is, but because, as he says in here, the grace of God in his life, 
thousands if not millions were come, have come to know the Lord. Because of the grace of God in his life, we have, I don't know, half of the, half of the New Testament. of a significant part of the Word of God because of the grace of God in Paul's life. He gives us his testimony here this morning, and, and I just want to look at this briefly. Consider, is this you this morning? The first part of chapter, or verse 10, he says, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. You know, we say it, uh, but, but, but for the grace of God, there go I. When we see someone who has fallen in sin and their life is destroyed, we say, but by the grace of God, there go I. It, it's the same thing. But for the grace of God, I am what I am. Paul was bringing back the point, listen, I am nothing but an old, dirty, rotten flesh. There's nothing here of any value except for the grace of God. Except for His great work in my life. I'm going to contradict that statement slightly. Not, I'm not trying to contradict the statement, but we're going to look at something here in a minute. Paul was bringing a point about that I am simply a sinner saved by grace. We just sang... Um, I'm going to read the second verse of number 208 in Grace Greater Than Our Sin. Um, we just sang this song and it, it struck me as I was singing it. Consider what God has done for you. It says, Sin and despair like the sea waves cold threaten the soul with infinite loss. Grace that is greater, yes, grace untold, points to the refuge, the mighty cross. Sin threatened your soul with infinite loss. The wages of sin in your life was death. But the grace of God was greater. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12-15, through 15, we see another aspect of Paul's testimony. Well, before you go there, real quickly, read verse 9 in, in chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians. He says this, For I am the least of the apostles that am not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1. We all, we all look at, uh, at people in, in our flesh. We judge them. They're great sinners. Paul's bringing something to, a point about here. Every one of us are guilty before God. Every one of us are great sinners. Paul says in verse 12, I think... Jesus Christ, our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Who was before a blasphemer, and a persecutor, and injurious? But I obtained mercy, because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a saying, or faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation. This is a faithful saying, and worthy that you all accept it. <laughs> that everyone listens. That, Jesus, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Paul, the greatest missionary that ever lived, one of the most impactful men in the history of the world for the gospel, said, I am the chief of sinners, but for the grace of God, I am what I am. Every one of us can give that testimony. But for the grace of God, I am what I am. Thank God His grace is greater than my sin. Because we're all guilty before him. Paul said, I was a great sinner. 
And then he says, God's mercy changed my life. I said that Paul said, I'm just an old, worthless hunk of flesh. And I am, and you are too. But you know, you have great, great value to God. Paul said in that, but for the grace of God, I am what I am. The gospel says that your value to God is worth his son. The grace of God says your value to Jesus Christ was worth going to that cross, taking on my sin, taking the punishment that I deserve and that you deserve, and bearing all of it on that cross. That's the grace of God. He was... Can you imagine the value then of a soul? There is no way to put a value on a soul. It's worth the Son of God. It's worth Him dying on the cross. He would have done it for one of us. He would have done it for me. He would have done it just for you. So that soul is... a immeasurable value to God. So Paul, the greatest of sinners, I am chief, he says. He wasn't lying. He wasn't bragging. He was pointing to the grace of God. I'm, I'm one of the greatest sinners that ever lived. But for the grace of God, I am what I am. Now I stand before God as if I've never sinned, robed in the righteousness of God, and I'm going to tell people about it. Grace of God was shed abundantly in his heart, he says. Paul's testimony is an amazing one. That little statement carries so much weight. In spite of my sin, in spite of my guiltiness before God, in spite of my worthless, old, rotten, dirty flesh, the heart that is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, the grace of God is shed abroad in my life, and so now I am valuable. Now I have life. He accepts me, the, the Father accepts me because of the blood of the Son. That's the value of a soul. Paul's saying, listen, don't look at me. I'm nothing here today. It's the grace of God that matters. He says, grace made me what I am today. And I'm so thankful for the grace of God in my life. I know my sin. I've heard other preachers say it, and I've kind of rolled my eyes, but now as a pastor, I can say, if you knew my heart, you'd probably never let me stand up here again. I know how wicked it is. I know its capability of sin. I also know that the, the, the grace of God has been shed abroad in my life. So when you see me stand here and proclaim the word of God, it's not because I'm worthy. It's not because of anything that I have done. It's only because of the grace of God. And that's what Paul said. His mercy is unending. His grace is greater than all my sin. It doesn't excuse Paul's sin. Paul wasn't excusing what he did. Paul was emphasizing the wickedness of what he did and saying that because I turned to God, He forgave me for that. Because I surrendered to Him, His grace is sufficient in my life. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Then he goes on, And His grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. 
This is what struck me about this verse when I was reading through this chapter this, this past week. His grace was not in vain. That's, that convicts me a lot. I, I, I consider that grace then constrains me to serve Him. The grace of God is shed abroad in your life. Is it in vain? Have you wasted it? Have you wasted the blood of Christ in your life? He said, listen, I, I'm, I'm going to serve my, my Lord to the best of my ability because of the grace in my life. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 20 through 22. 2, 20 through 22 says this, For if after they have escaped the pollution of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome... Speaking of falling back there, the latter is worse than them that, than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they had known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog has turned to his own vomit again and the sow that was washing her wallowing to the mire. Paul said, listen, the, the grace of God is shed abroad in my life, and it's not going to be in vain. I'm not going to turn back to my old sin. When I turn my back on that life, this new creature buried the old one. God killed that man and brought, brought to life the new creature. I'm going to live according to the Word of God, to the best of my ability. Paul didn't live a perfect life, and nobody will. But Paul said, I'm going to strive to please Him in all that I do. I'm not going back to that way of life anymore. I've rejected that. How many of us are tempted to go back where we were before? To go back into that lifestyle? Then, what have you done? You've made the grace of God vain in your life. It's empty. It's worthless. You've made light of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. We must be working, be looking to serve Him. It's considering, if I fall back into sin, I've made the grace of God vain in my life. You know, if I'm idle right now, I'm making the grace of God vain in my life. If I'm not serving Him as much as I possibly can, I'm at least in some measure making that grace vain in my life. What did Paul say? I, I strive for the mastery. I run to win the prize. That's what Paul says. Because of the grace of God in my life, it's not going to be vain. Not for a minute. I want to serve Him today to the best of my ability because He loves me. Because I know where He brought me from. Because I know the destruction of sin in my life and I see it in others and I want to tell them. I want to see this, the light of God shed in their life as well. The grace of God is not in vain, he said. So we can, we can make it vain by, by sinning, by falling back. We can make it vain by just sitting still. By being lazy. By not really caring. This morning, driving into church... I will not describe what I saw, but I saw an individual on the side of the road in great sin. 
my first thought was revulsion. And sin ought to revolt us. I'm not saying that was wrong. Sin is revolting to an almighty God. So if I'm his child, it should be revolting to me. But as I drove on a little bit further, I thought about the soul. Paul said that that soul is of eternal value. That soul is dying. That soul is in bondage right now today. That soul needs Jesus Christ as much as I did. As much as you did. How many times can we just look at people and never see the soul? I'm making the grace of God vain in my own life because I'm not having the mind of Christ and looking at them as I should. That individual is lost. That individual needs Jesus Christ. How many of that live in sin in America today commit suicide? Our suicide rate is up so high. And yet, many of us, I, myself included, I'm, I'm preaching to myself this morning, I hope you know that, have not enough of a burden to go and tell them. And I'm making the grace of God vain in my life then. He said it was not vain. I will... Paul said, I don't want to waste this grace and I'm going to strive to please Him. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25 through 27. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. It says, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. So I'm not out here wasting my time. I'm not out here wasting my effort. I'm focused on the goal. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest by any means when I have preached the other, to others, I myself should be a castaway. You know, that is, that is a, a verse that all preachers should keep in mind. I do not want to be cast away. I don't want to fall. I don't want the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ to be damaged because of sin in my life. But it's for you as well. Your co-worker would like nothing better than to see you slip. Paul said, listen, my focus is this. I'm going to run this race. I'm going to strive to please God and Him alone. Because of the grace that was all sufficient in my life. I don't want that to be vain, so I'm going to work. I'm going to run. I'm going to fight. Not beating the air. I have, I'm fighting with purpose. I'm fighting with purpose. We all love to hear, well, I don't know, I shouldn't say all. I won't include you in my own thoughts, but I love to hear of those that are great warriors. You hear stories of those who fought back through the history of mankind and were great warriors. I think of Jonathan and his, and his uh, armor, bearer, the armor bearer that went into the battle alone and said, it may be the Lord give us this fight. I see him as a great warrior. He wasn't out there beating the air. He didn't, he didn't do a bunch of this stuff before he got in the fight. He wasn't wasting his time. He went in to fight. He had a focus and a purpose. I don't know how many times I, I believe Christians, we do a lot of talking and not a lot of fighting. We do a lot of talking about it and we don't get into the battle very much. Paul said, I'm not beating the air. 
I'm not shadow boxing here. This is a fight. I'm going to go. I'm not going to make the grace of God waste, wasted in my life. Back in our passage, in our 1 Corinthians 15, 30 and 33 and 34 says, Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Verse 34 says, Then awake to righteousness and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Awake to righteousness. Get up and start living holy. Awake to righteousness and sin not. You know, this verse doesn't say get up and go witness to someone, although we need to do that. This verse says, in my life, I need to wake to righteousness and sin not. Put the sin aside. Stop wallowing in the sin. Awake to righteousness and serve Him. My, my focus then is only pleasing God. As Paul says, I'm fighting the adversary. I'm, I'm living my life for Jesus Christ. The reason, he says in that verse then, is for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak to this to your shame. That verse says to me then, there are some that don't have the righteousness of God in their life. They don't know Jesus Christ because, you could say, this church in, in Corinth was not living godly. It wasn't that their church didn't have right programs. It wasn't that they weren't, that they weren't uh, doing things correctly in the service. It wasn't that they didn't have their tie tied right. It was that they were not righteous in their life. They were wasting the grace of God. They're making it vain. How many churches in America today, and I pray we never do, you know what, I know that we're all capable of having sin in our life, we have to be so very careful. So many places today are excusing sin. And nobody's coming to righteousness. We cannot excuse sin. We cannot say it's okay. Awake to righteousness. Get your head off the pillow of this life. This comfort that we have. This acceptance of sin. And sin not, it says. There's people that need you. There's people that need you to be a witness to them. Jesus Christ doesn't want you to waste the grace of God in your life. Awake to righteousness and sin not. I, I just wrote, there's millions in the valley of decision. Yet we struggle in sin. We will not die to self. Verse 31 Paul said, I protest by your rejoicing which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die daily. I die daily. I surrender to the Lord, of, Lord every single day of my life. My life is not my own. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 through 21. For the love of Christ constraineth us. Because we thus judge, that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And they died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. That is awaking to righteousness and sinning not. It's that I no longer live unto myself. The lusts of his flesh have to die daily, every moment, every day. That I live unto him. 
which died for me and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. (coughs) Excuse me. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. There is so much more in this passage. I, I just want to point out, listen, I am a new creature. When the grace of God was shed abroad in my life, He brought life to me that I never had before. The light of God was shed in my life. If I do not strive to please Him, I'm making light of that. I'm making that vain, empty, and worthless in my own life. Paul said, I am... Grace constrains me. I, don't, I am not going to waste it. I'm going to strive every day of my life to please Him. And then lastly, he said, grace enables me. Grace enables me. It's not by my strength, not by my might. He said, I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. He said, I was the hardest worker out there. I labored more abundantly than them all. No one that I know can give the testimony that Paul gave. That free from the blood of all men. He told everyone that he came to, everyone that he had an opportunity about the blood, about the gospel, the shed blood of Jesus Christ. So when he stands before God at the, at the judgment seat, he's not going to have the blood of any man on his hands. I cannot say that. And he says, listen, I did that. It wasn't me. It was the grace of God in my life that did it. I can go from here on out in my life if I'm walking with God and have the same testimony as Paul. You can as well. Say, listen, I'm going to die daily. I'm going to not waste the grace of God in my life. I'm going to go and I'm going to please Him. What does it say in John 15? We are to abide in Christ. Go with me there, if you would. John 15, 1-5. I preached on this a couple weeks ago. What an amazing passage. It says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. He says it twice in here, that I cannot accomplish a single thing for, the, for Christ, Outside of Him. Outside of the grace of God, I am powerless to serve Him, and so are you. We get this idea that we can do something. 
that we have some abilities, that we can serve God. He gives you abilities, but He enables you to serve Him. You cannot do anything outside of Christ, except you abide in Me. Ye can do nothing. It's not, it's not a light thing. You want to serve Him? You want the grace of God to be... Uh, you want to not waste the grace of God in your life? You better abide in Christ. You can do nothing outside of Him. John chapter 14, verse 12 through 15 says this though, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandments. He said <laughs> that the things he did in his earthly ministry, I can do greater. He says, the works that I've done, you shall do greater. He's not, he's not just talking here, it's a promise. That every one of us, if we're abiding in Christ, if we're walking by faith, we can do greater things for God than Christ did in His earthly ministry. Now, we, he's not talking about salvation there. Okay, you cannot save anyone. The greatest work ever done was His work on the cross. What he's saying is, the miracles that he did, the things that he did in evangelizing that part of the world, you can do greater by the grace of God. Paul took that literally. That's why he preached to the entire known world at the time. Because he understood that in, in the grace of God, there's nothing I cannot do to serve him. I have all power given to me. I have all power available to me. Whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. That's the creator of this universe that said that statement. It's not like me going and asking you for a million dollars. That would be absurd. You come ask me for a million dollars, I'm going to laugh because I know you're joking with me. You know I can't do it pile it all together, I might get a tenth of the way. Okay? I can go to him and ask him for anything. His resources are unlimited. His power is unlimited. His grace is unlimited. I labored more abundantly than they, yet not I, but grace that was in me. Because I have the grace of God shed abroad in my life, I can do anything for him. You can accomplish great things for God. Never let Satan shortchange you. Tell you you're not capable of doing something. If God gives you a challenge, if He gives you a call, He's going to enable you to do it. He's going to give you the power and strength to do it. The grace of God is, is sufficient for you to do great things for God. We've gotten very lackadaisical in America. We, we see a problem, we see a foreign field, and we're, we're okay with sending some money. But what if God asked you to go? What if He said, I'm going to send you over there. 
Would you say, well, I'm 65 years old, Lord. I don't think, you, I don't think you're talking to the right person. He knows how old you are. Maybe you say, I don't know how to speak very good. I'm not, I'm not used to talking to people. Learning another language would be very difficult for me. You think he doesn't know your mind? The God that created you knows every single thing about you. And when he asks you to do something, he's going to make you or give you the ability to do it. And great things for God. Great things for God. Mr. Martin was always challenging me. Expect great things from God. Stop praying for small things. He said, why don't, why don't we get on our knees and claim a country that's, that's, that's closed to the gospel? Why don't we stand before God and, and say, Lord, open that door there. And in faith, just trusting Him to do it. He is stronger than their government. He sets up kings and takes down kings. We could pray for North Korea. That God take down the, the regime that is there and, and open up that country. Or that God just open up the, the hearts of the people. But we see these things as too great. The things that I've done in my ministry, you can do greater through the grace of God. Christian has grace, or folks here, I'm not going to assume anything this morning. Has the grace of God been shed abroad in your life? Do you know Him as your Savior today? Paul said, I'm the chief of sinners, yet He redeemed me. We sang that the grace of God is sufficient. It overcomes all sin. It's greater than your sin. I can't put it any plainer than that. You cannot sin so much that God cannot forgive you or will not forgive you. He knows your sin, yet He died for you. Do you know Him as your Savior this morning? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever, that's you, believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Is the grace of God in your life? Can you say, but for the grace of God, I am what I am. He changed me. He gave me life. He redeemed me. If so, is it vain in your life? Are you serving Him today? Is He your focus? Because if you'll focus on Him, if you'll serve Him, He's going to enable you. He's going to strengthen you. You'll see great things for God. Every one of us ought to be seeing victory day by day in our life through the grace of God. Maybe a small victory, maybe a great victory, but He's working in your life. Just trust Him today. Let's pray. Father, thank You for our time this morning. Thank You, Lord, for Your Word. Thank You for the grace of God. Lord, that You, that you uh, Your mercies are new every morning. Father, that unmerited favor comes only from You, and Lord, it, it is never exhausted. Lord, if we will just look to You and, and trust You and seek Your face, Lord, You said, if there's sin in our life, You're faithful and just to forgive us. Lord, if there's someone here that doesn't know You as their Savior, You're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to salvation today. Lord, work in each life. Guide in this time of invitation. In Christ's name we pray. Let's all stand with our heads bowed and eyes closed. Do you know Him as your Savior this morning? Has He, has he redeemed you? Is the grace of God in vain in your life?